hello. Hello. Who is this? You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Someone is playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now he's taken his love of fear. Hello. Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Do you like scary movies? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act. She's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Hey, what's wrong with me? Never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. Get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Who did make the rules? The police are always on track, but they watch Palm Night and save time. He just kills by them. Don't answer the phone. Don't open the door. Don't try to hide. That's right, folks. It's time for the 1996 classic, Scream. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> and now, your dolls of horror, Summer and Tori, with special guest, Wes Hall. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Dolls of Horror podcast. I'm Summer. And I'm Tori. And tonight, we have... An extra, extra, extra special guest. Tonight we have one half of the It's a Horror podcast team, Mr. Wes Hall. Hello. How's it going, guys? We're great. You? I'm uh, doing pretty good. Yes. Uh, you know, trying to make this coronavirus crap, you know? No shit. <sighs> now, if you've been listening to the show, you have heard us talk about Wes from episode one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wes is the reason we are doing this podcast now. Without Wes's guidance, we would not know how to do this. So we love and appreciate Wes so much because he makes this possible. He is our podcast mentor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, thank you guys so much. Like, <laughs> it is great to see where you guys have gone with all this. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, where's my heart? Where's the cockles on my heart? So I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I really appreciate the love, and uh, you know, I just uh, we try to give you guys shout outs every single episode. We just want to get you as closer as possible, so we just really proud of you guys and just love the podcast a lot. So, yay, yay, thank you. And I'd listen to your show every every week as soon as it comes out. It makes my Mondays great. Um, so it's always it's always so touching when you give us the shout out because it's like oh and even before this podcast started you occasionally would give me a shout out every now and again too yep yeah so. i remember we, we we did the shout out about the uh, i think we, yeah, when you guys went over to see the uh what was the catacombs over in paris i think yep yeah yep. we talked about that so yeah and also when you saw that movie i recommended that possession movie <gasps> yes yeah what uh, was it called oh what was that called damn it um Right. Oh okay. We're yeah, no, no help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that, that one possession movie. That one Jewish yeah. possession movie. How's that? Yes. There you go. We'll be more specific on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then again, when you guys are talking about ticks. 
Oh, I love that movie so much. Oh my god, oh, that movie's great. Yeah, thank yes. you for uh, recommending that one too. So, so the love that we get from Wes and his co-host Kevin on their podcast is just so awesome. And like I said, without them, we wouldn't be able to do this. Well, so, well, Wes, um, tell us about your horror journey. What made you love horror? Oh wow. Okay. Well. It all started with my dad. He was really big into horror. He loved all movies, but he really loved horror. And uh, my parents were divorced when I was real young, and I would go see him uh, maybe twice, three times a month. When I would go over to his house, he would always throw a horror movie on, and it would really scare the shit out of me. But for some <laughs> reason, it really just sucked me in. And the very first film he ever showed me was Psycho. And I remember finishing the film, you know, eyes glued to the television, you know, jaw on the floor. And I had to go to the bathroom. I was like, oh, man, I can't go in that bathroom. I can't do it. <laughs> and so I, like, walked in, and I'm, like, you know, like, staring at the shower going, oh, crap. You know, what's in the I just remember that fear. But I just I just that fear is always just kind of pulling me in. And, and, of course, now I'm so jaded. I've seen so much stuff, and it just nothing scares me anymore. But right, I go more. Yeah, yeah, I know. So I go more <laughs> for the, you know, you know the, the wow factor and, and what can really, you know, get me thinking or or it gets to my core or, you know, whatever. But, uh, but it's been a long journey, but I have definitely grown to love a lot of classic movies. I'm still a nineties horror slut, but, uh, I, uh, I'm getting into the old stuff more and even some of the new stuff. I saw the invisible man of the day and love that film a lot. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's my journey in a nutshell. So. Yeah. Tori, you just saw invisible man too, right? Yes. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, but I'd say people have said many great things about it, and I was like, oh, I got to see this. So I was very impressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet, but it's definitely on my list because I have always loved that sort of story. Yeah, mm-hmm. good stuff. Yeah. So, Wes, which is um, your most favorite horror movie ever? Is it Scream or is it something else? Oh, yeah, it's definitely Scream. <laughs> um, just for the fact, well, you know, we'll talk about it more, but. It, I remember it coming out when I was in high school and I just, I couldn't get enough of it. Like I, I made a website about it. Like I talked about it all the time. I went and saw it opening night, like three times. Um, <laughs> it was just one of those films. It just, I couldn't believe they even made it. Honestly, that's why I was so like just enamored by it. I just couldn't get enough of scream. And even now I could, I could watch it maybe at least 10 to 20 times a month at least. So really uh, seriously, I watch it all the time. So, Oh my gosh. That's like Henry and his Godzilla. he'll watch that twice a week (laughs) and i'm like again (laughs) i'm like you are worse than a (laughs) five-year-old with his cartoons yeah (laughs) and then he's like well you watch freddie all the time and i say different ones yeah (laughs) it's not the same movie (laughs) 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 that's awesome and so of course that's why I invited you on for this episode specifically, and we were saving it for for you because I knew that I didn't know if it was your most favorite movie, but I knew that it was one of your favorites. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that that and Nightmare on Elm Street, just those two, just yeah, they're just the best. So yes, absolutely. So if you listeners have been living under a rock for the last 25 years and have never seen Scream. <laughs> Basically, what it's about 
is a year after the murder of her mother, Sydney is terrorized by a new killer who targets new victims by using horror films as part of a deadly game. Mm-hmm. And it stars Neff Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Skeet Ulrich, Matthew Lillard, Rose McGowan, Jamie Kennedy, Drew Barrymore, W. Earl Brown, Joseph Whip. So many amazing, amazing, amazing people. Mm-hmm. And the man who played Ghostface, the actual physical man in the suit, his name is actually Dean Farwell, if you all didn't know and cared. Okay. It was all, all, all four films. So yeah, it was directed, of course, by the amazing Wes Craven, mm-hmm. right? And it was written by Kevin Williamson. And if you don't know who that is, you may be more familiar with his work of maybe I know what you did last summer, or The Faculty, or Dawson's Creek, or Cursed, or the following television show, which we love. Mm, yep. We'll binge watch the following at least once a year. That is a great show. It's such a great show. I have them all mm-hmm. on DVD. I love that show so much. Yep. So he's responsible for all those projects and films that I love. So let's jump right on in with our favorite kill. Fatality. Okay, I can go first with that one. Yeah. I decided that my favorite kill was Drew Barrymore, a.k.a. Casey. Uh-huh. That was my favorite. And she was actually technically the second kill of the movie. Right. Because her boyfriend one, was first, right? Yes, her boyfriend was first. That being said, I don't think that the first kill sets the tone for the movie. Definitely Drew Barrymore's kill, I think, is what really sets the tone and gets the movie going. Yeah, because it has that amazing chase scene. Yes, they have the amazing chase scene, and then her parents hear her on the phone. Then they see her hung from the tree. It's very graphic and very, um, very well done. It's very well done. I, I really like it. That's my favorite. Agreed. And you know, I mean, we're talking about that opening scene, that whole interaction mm-hmm. between Ghostface and Casey. Mm-hmm. And the boyfriend and Casey again, of course. Mm-hmm. That was like 13 or 14 minutes, which is actually pretty long for an yeah. opening kill scene, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, that's, I actually made a note of that because I'm like, when I'm paying attention, I'm like, wow, it's really, this is really long. They really laid it out. Mm-hmm. And it worked great. well. Oh, it worked great. Yeah. Wes, what about you? Well, wounds in this one for me but i'm gonna have to agree that casey was the best um i do love the, the principal principal henry kill mm-hmm. but, but but the kill is not really great it's just what happens afterward you know when you see Ghostface in the eyeball that's i love that scene but yeah casey becker just she gets it and gets it good i mean damn i mean like the whole you know even the scene is even immortalized in the stab movies later on so yes it's just mm-hmm. so iconic it's so you know, just everything about it is just perfect because it is the cat and mouse. It's the, mm-hmm. you know, it's the way that they gutted her and hung her from a tree. It's the way that her parents find her. The whole thing in itself is just, it's almost like a, a movie short in itself, but you almost can cut that off and like leave it as a little, you know, a little, little story to kind of, you know, freak you out when you're home alone type thing. Yeah, it so. really could be. It sounds very much like an urban legend. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. So that's, I mean, 
there's so like this there's so many in there that are so iconic but that one just it's so well done like kevin and wes just bring it to life so well um yeah so i have to i have to agree with you on that so yeah i'm gonna go a little different on this one and i think i'm choosing this out of nostalgia value because okay. growing up watching this movie i probably saw it about two or three years after it came out um, with my childhood bestie, Sarah, of course, we spent every weekend together watching these movies. Um, and we always both loved Tatum and the Garage Door. Mm, <laughs> <laughs> always. And that whole interaction, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Please don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. Mm-hmm. And the beers and all that. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. crawling through the doggy door and the crush it's it's a great one for oh, me so i think i picked that mainly because of nostalgia but it's still great <laughs> yeah. yeah i want to come back to that kill later because i have some <laughs> notes that i wrote down for sure so yeah we got to come we got to revisit that later Perfect. <laughs> how do you guys feel about our kill creativity i thought it was pretty decent yes because now we talk about movies. We've talked about a lot of different movies. And we talk about how the kill creativity and how it has to be practical so it can't be that creative. Now, here's Correct. a movie Now here's a movie where it had to be practical. The kills had to be practical. But at the same time, I think they were also very creative. Right. I think they thought outside the box. And I think that even though they couldn't do anything... Um, over the top they still made the kills very creative and very cinematic and very well played out yeah i can't argue with that at all exactly so yeah i mean i i i feel that i mean it, it's i think you're right i think it, they couldn't be as creative as they could have like they could have been way more creative i agree with that but at the same point, like this, this movie was going more for a realistic feel. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, they were definitely mm-hmm. brutal. I mean, so those yeah, kills, yes. I mean, it's funny because you don't think about brutality being a big, you know, a big part of screen, but you pay attention and they are really brutal kills. It actually like, you is. Know, yeah. Starting from Casey, where we start with Steve. I mean, right. He's gutted mm-hmm. in a chair. I mean, mm-hmm. it, the NBA had to cut it out just for that mm-hmm. exact reason. So mm-hmm. after being know, tortured. Yes. Yeah, Exactly. So it's like, you know, you think about, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, you go back and think about the actual killers in the movie, killer, killers, sort of spoilers there. Um, but you think about how sadistic and fucked up they are. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I just, and that just lends the whole thing of just, you know, you know, people want to blame movies and TV and you know, video mm-hmm. games for violence and stuff, but people are just fucked up in themselves. Like you can't even get past that point. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. It just magnifies all that. Yeah. So, you know. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And let's move on to also special effects since we're talking about the creativity. I loved all these effects and so the practicality I. of them, of course. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wes, yeah. do you know if there was any CGI in this at all? I think they used it on a few parts, but nothing like it was only to enhance certain things to make sure you could see them or um, you know, it was more like more just visual stuff to where you actually can figure out what's going on, but nothing, mm-hmm. no effects of the kills or uh, any of the stunts or whatever were CGI in at all. Everything was practical, which I love that. So awesome. And that's another yeah. reason why I, I love this one so much as well. Mm-hmm. It was really, really funny. Um, <laughs> when I was 
I watched movies maybe three or four times while I'm doing homework for them just so I can get everything together and Mm -hmm. correct and how I want it to be. Mm -hmm. And so the first time I watched this movie, my husband asked me, what are you watching? I said, Scream. I said, we're doing our show on this in about a week or so. He's like, nobody cares about this movie anymore. What? Thank you. That's the kind of what I said. Well, first I stared at him like he was an alien. You need to divorce him right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and then now if you said that about freddie you know it's on <laughs> well scream, scream is a cult classic it has a following it's never gonna die never, right ever. but he's also not as in tune with the uh trends and the conventions and mm-hmm. what the fans are actually interested in i don't think mm-hmm. and what the fans True. want yeah right yeah. so maybe to the average ordinary moviegoer who doesn't particularly seek out a horror movie sure it's it doesn't matter and they don't Mm -hmm. even remember it Mm -hmm. but to a horror fan it's Mm -hmm. iconic in the horror community scream is still very much alive it is so much time anytime there's a scream reunion it's packed it's a packed house Mm -hmm. well and just to magnify what you just said in the horror community like in a huge horror community you know uh, person on instagram Whenever I post anything scream, I don't care what it is, it lights up. Like it, I get the most mm-hmm. likes, I get the most comments, I get mm-hmm. the most shares. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's just, I'm, I guess that's something with my name too, but at the same point, it's like, you know, anything scream, people just gravitate towards. Like anything I see scream, you know, when I'm searching through the discovery section or when someone posts it, I'm liking it and commenting on it, sharing it. You know, it's, it's just, it's a whole thing of everyone just, they know what it means. They know what it, what it means to horror. They know what it means to just to people mm-hmm. in general, just the nostalgia you know, part too. So yeah, it's, 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 it'll, it'll never die. It will always be around in some form or fashion. So. Exactly. And I mean, they're even what making a remake or a new one or, or something. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not real keen on that either, but that just shows you that there's still an audience or they wouldn't be doing it. True. True. If it wasn't going to make money, they wouldn't even think about it. Right. And I'm not against it. I shouldn't say I'm against it. Now, if they want to remake, like if they want to keep it going, like part, like part five, I don't want a part five because they've kind of closed that whole chapter off. I think when they could. But I just I wish they would just stop for a minute and think where they're going to take us. And if they want to keep going with it, they're eventually going to run out of ideas. They're going to just be throwing money at something they don't need to be throwing money at. But if they want to remake right. it and with a whole new storyline and kind of meta, I'm all for that. I'm all for the new the new audience to check this out. But I just don't want to see the same stuff rehashed over and over again. So, yeah, that's fair. I I get that for sure. Yeah. I wasn't even that crazy about part four. I I saw it. Sorry, I I haven't listened to your episode of your show yet. Um, yeah, well, where I won't say anything about Or you rank them one, two, three, and four. Right. But I saw part four when it came out on right after it came out on video, and I wasn't crazy about it. And then I saw it again about a year ago, year and a half ago, and I liked it better. But I still wasn't too crazy about it keep, so keep i don't know it. keep watching it i'm, I'm keep, telling you keep trying keep, keep trying i'm telling you keep that's almost say keep trying keep trying okay you know it <laughs> might grow on me right yep <laughs> I well i'm really excited to listen to your show on scream 
which premieres. And I think I'm going to have to listen as well. Yes. Yeah, which by yes. the time this comes out, it will uh, it will have already uh, been out. But at this point in time, it's only been out for like two days. So, so the patrons early. So right, yes. they have a special uh, deal where the Patreons, which I am one, yes, uh, will get a uh, the episode a week early. So I haven't listened, even though I've wanted to. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. People get busy. I understand that. And that's why it's just there waiting for you. So whatever you want to do. Oh yeah, it. no, I'm I'm not busy. I just wanted all this to be a surprise. I didn't want that's true to yeah, know anything true. about what you thought about anything until now. Very true. Well, again, that's if good. that makes that's sense. Perfect. That makes perfect sense. So. <laughs> Yeah. So, but you know, like I said, when as soon as this recording goes off, it's on. <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell it's yeah. on. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my gosh, I would love to talk about a fashion moment. Okay, mine's not okay. that great. <laughs> Mine is probably not that great, but again, I think it's nostalgia. This fashion moment has always stuck with me. I don't know why I've always liked it and been attracted to it. So my fashion moment is kind of near the beginning when all the students are hearing about Casey and Steve's death and it's Gail Weathers neon green skirt suit. Yeah. It's a good one. <laughs> I really love that neon suit. It's I don't know why. It's a power suit, and it's hideous, but it's beautiful <laughs> all at the same time. And I don't well, know why yes, I'm so hideous. attracted to this, <laughs> to this, this outfit. I have no idea, but it is what it is. I love it so much. Well, I think I think the reason they used it is the fact that they were trying to make sure you knew exactly who Gail was and what she was about. And that suit screams, "Look at me! Look at me! I'm a badass!" So right. I think that's what it does. I think that's why people are, are gravitating towards that. You know, the whole the lime greens that it just it shows right off the bat what kind of person you're dealing with. You know, she's not going to be ignored. So, and also makes you remember who she is because there's a whole lot of other reporters in that scene. Mm -hmm. How are you going to pick that one out out of all the <laughs> others? Yeah, Linda Blair is one of them too. Yep. <clears throat> what about um, us? Do you have a fashion moment? I mean. <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm a ghost face slut. I, I use that all the time. And, but <laughs> I love the robe. The robe is so... Robe. And, and it's funny because probably like the... I mean, just probably just like the past three or four years, I actually noticed that there's like sparkles in the robe. I never really paid attention too closely to the robe, but I noticed that it actually has little sparkles, a little glitter in it to make it stand out. Just like the prom night mask? Exactly. Oh my gosh, the way you said that. That, <laughs> that made me like you even more. Because that is so funny because there's so many callbacks to so many movies in screen. There and really that's is. The one, and it's, it's one of the small callbacks that if you're not paying attention, you kind of miss or you don't like connect the dots. But yeah, that's from this same, the same kind of material. I can say the same material, but the same sparkle you see in that mask and prom night is the same sparkle you see in the, uh, the screen or the ghost face robe. So, I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. Like it's, you know, so many people wear that, you know, I guess in the movie, of course, there's only one person actually wears it, but so many different killers wear that that costume that it's just it, it's a fashion statement that lasts yes and it's another iconic villain mm -hmm. yep. Very much he's so. he's right up there with freddie jason and michael as far as i'm concerned even though there's not as many movies for yeah. scream mm -hmm. if you see 
that robe and that mask, you know exactly what it's from. Mm-hmm. Unless you've, you've been living under a rock. Yeah, which there are people like that. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, uh, what about you, Miss Tori? Uh, my fashion pick? Mm-hmm. I went simple. I really liked the nightgown that Sydney was wearing in her bedroom. In the beginning, Classic. right? Mm-hmm. Whenever Classic. Billy comes through her window. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. Yep. So, I, I mean, I kept I kept it simple, and I kept it, the, the nightgown, it's almost like, uh, like I talked about in Nightmare on Elm Street. They dressed Nancy to be innocent. They wanted her mm-hmm. character to look innocent and pure. The way her hair's in a ponytail, the nightgown she's wearing, it personifies her innocence. Yeah, she's almost looks like a 12-year-old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and... and None of us can forget whenever she unbuttons the top and flashes <laughs> Billy. <laughs> so it's a very functional oh, yeah. nightgown. <laughs> so yes, I, I just went with that. Yeah. And it's funny you said that because, because Wes, I watched all the commentaries for these films before we did our podcast. And Wes and Kevin were talking about this in the, uh, the commentary. And how they were just, they thought that was so funny how they were screwing with all these you know, adolescent boys that were watching this, wanting her to... You know, Oh, and then they just, you know, don't. They show up in the back and they're like, you know, we were so wanted to screw people on this. And they really did. So. <laughs> That's so awesome. <clears throat> what do you think, Tori? Should we decide on an epic line? Oh, I have. I, I'm ready. I'm ready to do epic lines. I'm going to say every single other one that I have, except for my number one. My number one is going to be last. Okay. Let's go. Okay. You ready? <laughs> yes. Let's hear it. Okay. One of my epic lines is Billy and his penis don't deserve you. <laughs> that I lo- they're in the grocery store and Sydney's talking about it. And uh, her friend says, Billy and his penis don't deserve you. And I was like, that's a great one. Every girl in America should be t- telling their best friend, hey, that guy and his penis just don't deserve you. Okay. <laughs> I could, I mean, that should be a thing. Girls should be saying that every day. I agree. Um, I totally agree. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Wes, you have daughters. So exactly. <laughs> right. Damn straight. Um, another one which is uh kind of uh cliche. I so my my number one is not one of the ones you hear all the time. But here's another one I wrote down. The exorcist was on. It got me thinking of you. Because <laughs> that's what Billy says whenever he climbs through her window. Of course. Yep. Um, another one, would you settle for a PG thirteen relationship? And again, <laughs> everybody know everybody Classic. knows that line. Mm-hmm. Classic. Um, another favorite one of mine is from Matthew. We all know I love Matthew. <laughs> Hell yeah. When he says liver alone. <laughs> because you're talking about how they found her liver in the mailbox. Yes. And he says liver alone. And I've always like if I ever meet him, I'm gonna have him put that on my screen poster. Liver alone. Right after you ask him to yell at you. Yeah, like, right after I ask him to yell, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, did you did you guys notice that after that scene when it shows the uh the school bus dropping Sydney off at her house, the first thing she does is she gets off the, off the bus. The mailbox. Exactly. <laughs> and she does it when she does it very hesitantly too, which I guess mm-hmm. is great. Mm-hmm. I didn't um, notice, but I have to watch it again now. Yeah. There's a lot, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> another one another one is there is always some <laughs> bullshit reason to kill your girlfriend. <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Um 
that's one of mine one, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another one is it's the millennium. Motives are incidental. <laughs> when they're in the movie store talking about motives. Mm-hmm. And yep. my last my last one and I decided my number one pick is from Matthew again. They're at school. They're standing in front of the lockers. And he says, are you kidding me? Look at this place. It's like Christmas. <laughs> and I love that. And I, I, I actually identify, that. With that. identify with that line so much. <laughs> yes. Yes. And guys, because, th- I mean, this movie was a, he, yeah, this movie was a Christmas release, too. Yep. Oh, was yeah. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. December 20th. Yep. Oh, well, there you go. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a Merry very Christmas good one. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was that your winner or? Yeah, that was yeah, that was my winner. That went, I went through all of my other ones. That was my winner. Okay, that's awesome. Wes, how about you? Well, I, okay, I, I'm sorry. I wasn't aware I was supposed to come up with multiple lines. I know. Well, you weren't, but we, we couldn't oh, choose, so okay, we just okay, picked okay. our favorite lines. Gotcha. Okay, my my. Now that you know my history of where I came from and, and you know my my horror journey uh, started with Psycho. Uh, I think you all can tell what my line's going to be. It's uh, when Billy uh, and Sydney are standing at the door at Stu's house. And they open the door to let uh, Randy in. And Randy runs in and says, man, this is crazy. You know, all, you know, he's crazy. He's gone mad. And Billy turns around slowly and holds the gun up. And he says, we all go a little mad sometimes. And he points uh-huh. the gun at Randy, shoots him in the arm. That when That, when I first saw that on screen, I... I mean, to be a little graphic, I sprayed the walls pretty much. It was oh like, this is the best movie of all time. Like, I could not. Sorry if I was a little graphic, people. Uh, you know, it's just the way I am. So, no, it's awesome. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but that that line to me just, that's what makes Scream so good to me, honestly. The fact that they, and there are a lot of psycho references throughout Scream and in the sequels as well, too. So, even in stab films, there's even references to uh, Psycho. So, yeah, there's a lot of psycho references, a lot of yeah. exorcist references, mm-hmm. and a lot of prom night references. Mm-hmm. Yep. And of mm-hmm. course, a lot of Nightmare on Elm Street references for obvious reasons. Of mm-hmm. course. Of course. So mm-hmm. A lot of talk about horror movie rules, which we will also the talk rules. about. Oh, the yeah. rules. Hell yeah. I love the rules. And we were actually talking about the rules mm-hmm. when we recorded our prom night episode. Mm-hmm. And remember, Wes, um, he says uh, if they watch prom night, they'd save time. There's a formula, mm-hmm. a very simple formula, right? Right. And then he talks about the rules and how you can't have sex because mm-hmm. it's a big mm-hmm. no-no. Sex equals death, right? right. Yep. Right. Well, guess what? The virgin got killed in prom night. Yes. Right? <laughs> they broke well, the and rules. I have, well, like I said, yeah. I have a rant about that later. I already told you about that, Summer. <laughs> so I have a rant about that later. But And also, we had discussed... Uh, naming this episode that that's what it's going to be called don't you know the rules don't you know the rules mm-hmm. that's, that's what this episode is going to be called yes perfect, mm-hmm. perfect. well my um, oh, my lines are so difficult because I love them all so so much so Did you, were, were any of them the same ones as mine or was it just the one um, I think it was just the one. Oh wow okay I'm, okay wow so I'm, I'm going to, I've narrowed it down to four favorites. And 
again, these four favorites are lines that we always laughed at watching this movie growing up. So I think that's why they're my favorites. Um, the first one is, unlike you, Tori, I'll save my, my epic line for last. Okay. In the beginning, between Tatum and Sydney, mm-hmm. where she says, Casey Becker and Stephen Orth were killed last night. And not we're not just talking killed, we're talking splatter movie killed, ripped open from end to end. Then yes. Casey Becker, she sits next to me in English, and then not anymore. <laughs> because that is definitely something that I would say. The not anymore part is so me. Casey Becker and Steve Orth were killed last night. What? No way. And we're not just talking killed, we're talking splatter movie killed. Ripped open from end to end. Yes, and I realize now that that is probably where I got it, actually. Mm-hmm. I go. think I probably got that smart ass mouth that's on me from <laughs> that line. Perfect. That and Freddy Krueger, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. I props. Right. And... Another line that I love very, very much is at the party between Tatum and Stu. Hey, grab me another beer, would ya? What am I, the beer wench? Hey, hey grab me another beer, would ya? Am I the beer wench? We always laughed at that one growing up, too. And what else do I got here? I've always loved where he's talking about the rules, of course, but that's that's a given. Um, I've said this at work when one of the attorneys that I work for actually won a case or she was getting ready to go into a case and I sent her a gif of this line and it's bam, bitch went down. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I sent her that right before she went in to um, the trial for this case. God, I loved it. I'll send you a copy. Bam, bitch went down. I'll send you a copy. Bam, Sid, super bitch. <laughs> That's awesome. That's and she perfect. doesn't watch horror films, so she has no idea what it is or where it came from, but she laughed and she loved it. Uh-huh. Now, my, my most epic of lines guys and it's a line that i want to use i'm thinking all the time in this podcast and i i sent it to both of you in preparation for this because it just it just made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside because it's it's us it's our story here tori and Mm -hmm. that is watch a few movies take a few notes it was fun Mm -hmm. yes Watch a few movies, take a few notes. <laughs> it was fun. Yes. That's, pod- that's podcasting in itself. So, yeah. Yes. That is 100% us at this podcast. Well, th- that, could, that could even be the name of this episode. Yeah. If you prefer. But that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, yeah. So, those are my most epic of lines, but that is definitely the winner. And yes. it's just because I relate to it so much when doing the show. Because now when I watch movies, I feel like I have a purpose. I'm not just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you're laughing, shut up. I'm not just watching a movie to watch a movie now. I'm watching a movie with an end goal. 
I don't feel like I'm wasting my time watching this stupid movie, not this movie specifically, but a stupid movie because Mm -hmm. something is going to be made of it in the end. Yeah. I mean, I I can't tell many times that I've watched shitty movies and uh, in the middle of it, I'll message Kevin, like, why are we watching these movies? (laughs) Please tell me why. Because, man, I know I'm just going to power through. I'm like, I can't. I can't go any farther. Like, I'm just going to just fucking give up right now and just die. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> give up right and, now and just die. I mean, the sleepaway camps toward the end really, really get hard to watch. <laughs> and then Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, once you, before you get to the remakes, like 3 and like Next Generation, I remember watching those going, wow, I don't want to do this anymore. I just, I'm just going <laughs> to quit the podcast now. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I hear you. I understand. Texas Chainsaw Next Generation is a shit show. Oh God, it's so horrible. It's just, it is in, bad in concept. I mean, with you know, with Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey, like it, it sounds like a great idea, and you see it fleshed out on screen, you go, "Wow, they must have just really been on acid or something when they made this movie." So, I don't know. <laughs> that makes sense. Anyway, yeah, and it's the story doesn't make sense. Nothing about that movie. Makes sense. If they'd stuck to the Leatherface theme and mythology and and everything about what made Leatherface so great, it would have been a better movie. But they just went way off the deep end with these characters, these secondary characters. The best part about the movie was Leatherface. Yeah, I mean they were trying to kind of you know break the mold, you know, which which sometimes works in revamping a, a franchise, but sometimes the mold needs to stay as it is. I fully agree. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I can't say better than that. Sometimes the mold is there for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Exactly. And if it works, don't don't change it. If right. it's not broke, don't fix it. And see, that's why a lot of franchises, horror, especially horror franchises, die toward the later you know, sequels or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is the fact that they try mm-hmm. to break that mold and reinvent it. And it was like, okay, like for instance, a Scream TV show. Like the first two seasons were actually really good because it kept the same type of mold. They tried to break it in the third and even bring it back, like you know, uh, Roger Jackson and you know the, the Ghostface mask and everything. But they they broke the mold of the TV show and it ruined it. So that's just my opinion, of course. But I I had a hard time getting into the show. I don't know what I was going through at the time. I just don't think I was in the mood to start a new show. I watched I watched the first three episodes and I was just really bored, so I quit. It's, it is a different type of, especially if you're so used to the, you know, screen movies, right. it's way different. So you really have to go with open mind and, and really just kind of take in all the new storyline. But uh, I, I was, it's, it's funny because either you instantly are taken by it or you have to watch it a few times or you may just, like I said, just quit and just say, screw it. <laughs> Did you guys cover that uh, TV show on your screen podcast? Um, I'm not going to tell you. Oh well, <laughs> tell our tell our listeners because this will come out later. <laughs> All right, fine. Then yours. Oh, my enough. Oh, wait, okay, we we didn't cover. We we talked about it just very briefly, briefly. very mm-hmm. very briefly. Because because like I said, the, you know, the, the TV show in itself is a totally different monster in itself. So you know, I think we mentioned the same. If you want to check it out, check it out. If not, you know, whatever. But yeah, we really didn't touch much on it because <laughs> someone even said like uh, I actually acquired the mask from the TV show just like two weeks ago. And I posted it on my Instagram page, and someone said, "I don't like the mask because it looks like the mouth looks like a glory hole." And I, I can't get that. <laughs> oh out of my, my god! Mind. Yeah, I can't get it out of my mind now. So I'm like, "All right, it's, it is what it is. We'll just move on." So I didn't want to talk about it too much, but yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> that is so funny. 
<laughs> oh, I have one more line I want to talk about, oh. and this is not in my epic line section at all. Mm-hmm. I just I wanted to talk about it because I had never really paid attention or heard it before. It's a background line that okay. happens at the party. And so you don't really even know who's saying it. It's no, it's a, it's a nobody character, right? Okay. Um, I really want to know who involved in this movie was a Louis Prima fan, because when Sydney shouts, "Tatum, come on, let's go," and the uh-huh. other person shouts, "Ain't uh-huh. nobody, nobody here, here but us chickens. chickens," which I love that song, and I. <laughs> And then I had to go and listen to it. And that is a, a Louis Prima song about some chickens in a hen house and the farmers coming in and ruining their day, basically. A little, well, that's a really great line then. Yeah, yes. a little foreshadowing there. So it's perfect. It is. Mm-hmm. So I want to know who on the script writing team is a Louis Prima fan. I just want to know because that's not his Kevin. most famous song. I bet it's Kevin. Um, right? I almost guarantee you it's Kevin because he, he likes obscure stuff and that would be right up his alley. Yeah, that is not a, his most known, well-known song either. Yep. So I love that song so much. I'll have to send it to you both if you don't know it. But I, don't. I also love that song because it's very, it describes my my restaurant job where when I was working there full time, I'd listen to it after I got out off of my shift every day because my boss man was the farmer man and all of the servers were just the chickens and he's coming in and just fucking it all up. (laughs) (laughs) He tried, he tries, he tried to help. That wasn't what, you know, he wasn't trying to mess it up, but we have a system (laughs) and we're just trying to do our job as best we can while we're getting killed on this rush. And he wants to come in and yell at us for something like a water pitcher or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I would, I played that song for every single coworker and they just laughed so hard. I'm like, see, it's Paisanos. <laughs> there you go. So I just love that line so much and I want to talk about it for a second because I also really love music and I really love big band. So mm-hmm. perfect. That, yes, that one hit me in the heartstrings as well. <clears throat> I never caught that before, so I'm glad you brought that up. So Yeah, it's a throwaway line. It's in the background. I mean, I really didn't catch it until like a year ago, maybe. Hmm, so it's it. right. And it's it's just there. And I can't believe I've never picked up on it before because I have been a swing and big band fan since 1997, right yeah. after this came out. And I'm just now noticing. So, yeah, where have I been? <laughs> well, well, I mean, you know, watching movies sometimes, you don't really pay attention you know, to like the background stuff. You always are paying attention to the stuff that's happening mm-hmm. in your face. So, you know, when, you, when you've watched enough times to where you actually can relax and let things kind of flow, you'll hear things and see things you've never seen before. You go, oh, crap, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I didn't, I've never seen that before. Right. So, yeah. yeah so. Exactly. Exactly. There you go. So, okay, big band rant over. <laughs> <laughs> shall we discuss the fantastic amazing wonderful actors and actresses they have in this movie Mm -hmm. okay all very all very great every one of them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. every single one of them Mm -hmm. let's talk about the the person who had the least amount of screen time a walk-on role lee schreiber (laughs) right yeah he kind of got screwed on this one (laughs) 
Yeah, but he wasn't supposed to have a part. I don't think he was supposed to. I mean, if they never made a part two, it never would have happened, right? True. So, I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess he, I guess he plays an integral part of the fact of you know, it's it's they have to re-examine the case kind of thing, you know, because yeah. he's the one that took the fall. He wouldn't just even been in so. Yeah, so his uh, his role was just a walk on role, no lines, no nothing, and now. He's gone on to do so many amazing other films and television shows. I mean, if you don't know Ray Donovan, check no. it out. It's awesome. No. At least it no. used to be awesome. I I honestly am like two, three seasons behind. Yeah. So I liked it. Great, but it was yeah. good I liked it a lot in the first maybe three years. Mm. But then I still liked it, but it just sort of fell off for me a little bit. Especially yeah. after they killed his wife, because mm-hmm. that was just sad. And then sad. we have X Men. We got the Omen, the Manchurian Candidate, Ransom, Mixed Nuts. He goes back. So, but I love the fact that he is just a throwaway character in this movie. <clears throat> yeah. We have the legendary Henry Winkler, of course. Uh huh. So that one is awesome. Are you guys Henry Winkler fans at all? Yes. I am a little bit. I was happy to see him um, in this role. Yeah. I was, yeah. Well, I mean, like you're saying, you know, that Liam Shriver was a, his character was a throwaway character. Like, I think even think the principal could have been a throwaway character. Like, could have, it could have got anybody to play that role because, like, it wasn't a huge. They brought in someone with, you know, some history, some, you know, some clout. And then they said, okay, do your thing. And he brought that character to life. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because, any other person playing the principal, I think I wouldn't care when he got killed. Like I said, that, that one scene is it sticks with me. And uh-huh. I think it's because Henry plays that part. He plays it just uh-huh. so well. So yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's so funny. Mm-hmm. He's so funny and so dumb all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he, he turns around, he ch- he's checking his hair in the mirror, like, you know, like the old the fonts, fonts. Thing, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a moment. I love it. Yes. And He's just such a really, really, really great performer in general Yep. for a long time. So I just saw a movie that he did uh, about 10 years ago or so. I just saw the movie about a year ago, and he made me laugh so hard. Um, it's called Group Sex. Have you all seen it? Oh, my God, no. I have not seen that I know movie. it sounds like a terrible porno. <laughs> I think that's was a porno movie. <laughs> it was written and directed by Lawrence Trilling, and Lawrence Trilling's awesome. He makes some really, really great things. And basically, it's about a sex addict group. Hmm. And it has a really wow. fun cast in it. It has Tom Arnold in it. Henry Winkler plays, like, the lead uh, therapist in this group. Um, Kim Whitley, Rob Benedict, Josh Cook, Greg Grumberg, I mean, so many others, too. People that you look at their faces and you're like, oh, that person. Hmm. And Kurt Fuller and Greg Gurman, too. And Greg Gurman, he was in um, Allie McBeal and Child's Play Part 2. <laughs> yeah, so... It's a fun movie. If you want some comedy, go check it out. Perfect. <laughs> uh, w. Earl Brown plays Kenny the cameraman. I love Kenny. I uh-huh. love Kenny, too. Yeah, uh huh. And, Tori, you know what else he's done? What? 
He was the morgue attendant in Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Oh, okay. When Heather slash Nancy pukes her guts out on the floor. Okay. And he hands her a tissue. Okay. Yep. I'll have to rewatch. Yep. And then he was in Vampire in Brooklyn as well. Yep. Well, Wes Craven Which, stuff. So, yeah. yeah, those three are Wes Craven movies. So, mm-hmm. And then we have more recent projects such as Chicago Fire and Deadwood and Lost Souls. And the older movies are something about Mary and Deep Impact and Kiss the Girls and all those other great things. Of course, we have Wes Craven's cameo. Let's talk about that for a second. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. It's absolutely perfect. Like, like, that, to me, in itself, is just so perfect. The fact that he... And it's not just the fact that he shows up in, in, in the Freddy stuff, but it's like what he says back to what he said, you know, like, well, shits, you know, I just love yes. that. Yes. Yeah. And then he calls him Fred. Yeah. The, yeah, the janitor's Fred. name is Fred. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and he was actually wearing the actual Freddy Krueger mm. sweater. The real yep. one. Okay, wow. Well. Yes. Right. He, movie, he yeah. pulled it out of storage just for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I love the authenticity of that part, <laughs> but I love but that he's Fred the janitor. And, and yeah. he shows up in almost every single film. Literally, he shows up in every single yeah. film in the background somewhere. Yeah. So Yeah, I love yeah. that. That's what I love. Yeah. He was also in that one that we want to do in the future called Fear. Oh. No, The Fear. The Fear. Wrong Fear. Yeah, The Fear. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is, uh, he's in that for a second too. And that's his uh-huh. movie too. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of a lot of movies under his belt. I'm actually trying to collect all those at the moment. So it's it's a daunting task, but he has done some great films. So he yes. is he was the king, and I am so sad that he is no longer going to be creating content for us. I know. Impressive. Yeah, <sighs> we have another nightmare alum, um, Tori. You got Joseph Whip, who plays the lieutenant. Mm-hmm. He was also okay. Sergeant Parker in Nightmare on Elm Street, the one that Nancy's screaming at, get my dad, you asshole. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's going to be okay. So, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should go get him. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe I should go get him. Hmm. <laughs> yes. So he was supposed to be at a convention that we were at, but I didn't see him there, so I think he canceled that time. I think I he was it. supposed to be at Flashback, but I didn't see him there. <clears throat> and then into our more well-known characters and more well-known actors we have jamie kennedy let's start with him who's hilarious mm-hmm. he's the best. and then great. oh my god randy's the best randy is mm-hmm. my favorite mm-hmm. yeah and i actually had a customer who went to high school with jamie kennedy oh cool he was hearing me talk about horror movies the podcast and my recent experiences in dallas to the table behind him and i saw him turn around and look at me and so then i went to go say hi and talk and see how you doing make sure you're still alive all that <laughs> um he was like so you were just in dallas and done and we start talking and i said yeah we got this horror podcast and blah 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 and he's like are you guys going to do scream i said Oh, we're going to do that real uh, soon. Uh. <laughs> and or he asked me if we had. I said, no, but we're going to do it real soon. And then he said that he went to a high school with Jamie Kennedy. So You're that like, was. Right, hook us up. <laughs> yeah, so that was hilarious. And gosh darn it, I can't remember this customer's name. 
I know I, I did write it down and I went through my waiter wallet for the piece of paper I wrote it down on and it's, it's not there. So I don't know where oh, it is. Damn it. I know. I hope you can find it. I hope you can find that. I'll, I'll be praying hard for that. I'll be praying to the screen, the horror gods. Please. The horror gods. <laughs> I'm hoping it's just hiding in the bottom of my backpack somewhere, really. I'm hoping it's just so hanging out there. <clears throat> well, I'll, I will say I, I met Jamie at uh, Horror Hound last year um, when I went. And that dude was high as hell. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm talking like he, he didn't know who he was, honestly. Like, it took me... You know, the person in front of me was uh, getting something signed and he wanted him to write all this, like this long quote. And he kept going, man, this thing is long. I can't believe how long this quote is. This, did you mean write all this whole quote out? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you write oh a novel God. Jamie? And he was like, yeah, I'm going to write a novel here, guys. I'm going to write this novel. And he, but he was going on and on, but he was high. Oh my God. I remember seeing his eyes were just, people's were just like black. His whole eyes was black, but it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, we love you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Wow, uh, I would be so afraid to go to a convention in that condition, just because I'd be afraid. Well, first of all, everyone's watching you. Everyone's taking pictures uh -huh. of you. Everyone's taking uh -huh. video of you. Uh -huh. I don't care if you're no longer relevant as an actor or not. <laughs> I would be so afraid that someone would get some terrible, horrible, humiliating video. Oh, I'm sure they did. I'm sure someone's got someone somewhere. You know, I don't even people. drink when I go to conventions because I don't want to make a fool of myself. And I'm not even anybody. And I'm so I'm so afraid of making a fool of myself amongst all those people. Uh, <laughs> so I don't I think, even drink I, I think he's I think he's passed all, all the shit anymore, which which is great. You know, if you don't give a shit, hey, you know what? Ride that wave as long as you can, because. Honestly, the less you care about what people think, the more fun you have in life. So, yeah, it, it, I, I agree with what you're saying too. Don't get me wrong. There is a time and place for everything. But at the same point, he's at that place in his life where he's just like, you know what? Whatever. And I'm like, you do your thing, dude. You know? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Make it talk or whatever. Or whatever. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love you so much right now, Wes. I really do. <laughs> um, I I just I grew up watching Jamie Kennedy in like California Dreams and shit like that. Oh, yeah, I love that show. The oh, Ellen God. Show and Romeo and Juliet. That that really like punk version. <laughs> you know? I have never seen SLC Punk with uh, with Matthew Lillard. Never seen that before. I've heard so much about it, but I just want to throw that in there. Me neither. Well, let's Obviously. talk about Matthew Lillard now. What, let's move right into him. I'm, I know Tori and I are both a, a big fan. Um, what about you, Wes? Uh -huh. you a big fan or just a neutral fan? Or I, okay, I, I was a huge fan of him going into just everything he does, like everything he's like Scooby-Doo and uh, uh, 13 Ghosts and like that. But like I, when I met him last year at Horrorhound, that dude is one of the coolest, nicest, most giving like people I've ever met in my entire life. Like he... Like give me a hug and we were talking Aww. and and when I when I said, you know, I want can I get a picture with you holding my little ghost face doll, you know? He didn't like look at me strange, he didn't like go, What is this? He just grabbed me, he was like, Yeah, this thing's fucking awesome, I love this thing, and he like took a picture Aww. with me. Just the nicest person ever. So that made me like him even more. Um mm -hmm. but in this movie though, he's so brilliant, just the way that he's so and he's trying to be over the top to kind of take this the spotlight off of himself. And it's, you know, of course, you wouldn't think being over the top would take the spotlight off of you, but he's trying to be more like, you know, personable and 
and interactive and, and friendly and trying to make you not think of, you know, what he might be behind the scenes. And just this role for him is just unreal. I just, I love Stu in this. Yeah, a lot of his stuff is I've lived. Yeah. Um, and so, that makes it even more genius because I suck at that. I suck at improv. <laughs> so anyone that can create those genius lines on the fly like that, oh, just, pretty I mean, genius, uh, pretty talented. I mean, of course, his, his my most favorite line of his uh, "Hey, Liv" was when he's you know when Billy's on the phone and he's <laughs> he was dying, and the, he was trying to throw the phone onto the counter. But the blood stuck to the phone. So when he threw the phone, he kind of like hesitated for a minute and hits him in the back of the head. So <laughs> so you see Matthew's head kind of raise up and he goes, Give me the phone, dick. You know? <laughs> so I can still see them doing that together just, you know, off camera somewhere. So to have it on camera in the movie, just it's so perfect. So I loved his other ad lib line. Um, my mom and dad are gonna be so mad at me. <laughs> I know. Uh-huh. So, perfect. so perfect. I love it. Because honestly, um, like that's 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 real like if you mm-hmm. fucked up to this level right yep and you're a normal person uh-huh. who just fucked up real bad and just decided to lose it but and now you're, you're like school. and you're yeah. in high school and now you're coming back to reality of the consequences you got to exactly. answer to mom and dad now mm-hmm. exactly well what's funny is up to the point to where they get they stab each other uh, Wes brings this up in the commentary. He says, you know, I don't think these characters really knew exactly the impact they were having on everyone around them and themselves. And then as soon as they get stabbed, Stu kind of realizes, this is oh. real. Like, this, we're actually doing this. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not just talking about it or stabbing someone else. I'm going through this now. And, and, and by the way, this is know? real pain. This isn't like the movies. This actually really hurts, like, a lot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, I, and yeah, I love and, it when he says, "I'm getting woozy here." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, because he really is. Like he, he loses a lot of blood. Yeah, it lends to the, the brilliant writing and directing of this film is the, that it really takes of not only the the people going through it, but then the killers you know, go through it, and then the end where they realize, "Oh shit, this is I've done something that's going to impact a lot of people." So, yeah, yeah. And for me, he goes back all the way to Serial Mom. Have you all seen that one? Oh, God, I love that movie. I haven't yeah. seen it in forever. I love that movie. I haven't seen it in forever either. I need to seek it out and watch it again because it used to make me laugh so hard. And we could all use a little laughter right about now, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also are. another movie that made me laugh was uh, Ghoulies Go to College. I have not seen that before. He was in that one. I think it's part four that. in the Ghoulies series. God, I bet that series is so just shit show, but I'm sure it's. I was about to say though. that if there's four of those, <laughs> I think there's more. Actually, oh my God. <laughs> it is. Oh. It is a shit show, but I love every minute of it for no say, good reason at all. It's, che- it's cheesy goodness, not cheesy badness. It is cheesy goodness, definitely cheesy goodness. Mm-hmm. We've also got the beautiful Rose McGowan, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And Love before her. this movie came out, I was familiar with her because of Biodome and Encino Man. Mm-hmm. But after yep. this movie, of course, we knew Jawbreaker, Charmed, and Black Dahlia. Mm-hmm. Yep. She's a lot of stuff. Yes. She's pretty great. I like her a lot. Yeah, yeah. I met her too, and she she's great in person. She was so sweet and nice and just... 
you know, you, you see a lot of shit about her on on the internet and everything, and about she's a very outspoken. She's very outspoken, but she's a very sweet person too. So she's not talking about the right things, though. She's not yeah, saying anything exactly. that's wrong. I agree with you, and, and but, but she but she does get that like you know, oh, here she goes again type mentality, you know. Yeah. But like I said, if you're saying the right shit, then don't worry about it, you know. Because no one wants to listen to the truth. That's their exactly. problem. Exactly. But now she was she was so sweet and nice, and she was just like, I walked up the table, and her first words were. Hey, thank you so much for coming to my table. I was Aww. like, you're welcome. Yeah, I was like, you're welcome. I'm like, thank you for coming. I'm glad you're here. Was and her table so, empty or was it pretty busy? It, or it wasn't. It wasn't like empty, but it wasn't busy. But it was probably like me and like maybe six, seven of the people in line. Okay. Uh, now, but there Matthew, was a line, and it wasn't just like she was sitting there doing nothing. Exactly. Well, Matthew and Nev, of course, were the were the most. They were out, you know, out to the freaking, you know, the, to the, I guess, the hallway, I guess, but. Um, but yeah, she didn't get as many people as I wanted her to get because even after the fact of meeting her, I was like, wow, people need to go check her out because she is awesome. Yeah, um, you know, she's she's one of those people you, you you overlook, and I hate the fact that we do that, you know, because she is this movie and she plays it very well. But yeah, Tatum is one of my favorite characters in this in this, this series and the first one. So, and she's just she's a really good friend. Yeah, really, right? she really is. She's kind of like like me and Tori. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we were friends in high school, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the camaraderie and the smartass comments, basically, it's us, right? Mm-hmm. We have also Courtney Cox. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing needs to be said about her because she was already mm-hmm. a star and she was already awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she mm-hmm. she brought she her and, and Drew brought everyone to the table. Honestly, I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. What is your guys's? Are you guys big Friends fans, or do you have another project of hers that you like more? Or yeah, I'm definitely a Friends fan. Oh, me too. <laughs> mm-hmm. me too. I was yeah. a Friends fan for a long time, and then I just sort of fell off it for some reason. I think I just got busy and well, I, I mean, stopped it, it, watching it. Well, plus, I mean, it's, it's always it used to always be on. It's on. You, know, you have TV, you have TBS, and Nick at Night. They show all the mm-hmm. time, and it was on Netflix mm-hmm. and stuff. So. It was Friends Overload for a while. I, I've taken a little break, but I do love Friends. I can really watch at any point in my life. But I'm taking a little break from it to kind of, you know, because if, if you do watch something too much, like with Scream, you know, I do take breaks with Scream too. But it's like, you know, you get too much of it for a moment. You got to step back and kind of let things kind of wash over uh-huh. you and come back and revisit it again and it gets even better. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. I try not to watch my movies too much because I, d- I, I do, don't but... want to get burnt out. I, I, I don't want to get burnt out. I want to enjoy it just as much in a month or two months or six months as I did the first time. Yeah, exactly. I make a point of not trying to watch it too much, even if I want to. Now, that being said, I, I do watch the movies for this podcast over and over and over again in like the course of a week. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm kind yeah. of burnt out yeah. by the time I record an episode. I'm probably not going to watch yes. Scream Part One again for at least a year. <laughs> oh, come on! Did you say that I've got one and I've got two and three to go through too. Still, the, the first one. Well, okay, never mind. All right, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, I love the fact that we got two the craft people in this movie as well. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, uh-huh. Skeet Whoa. and Nev, both the craft. Uh-huh. Skeet is um, he's going to be at Days of the Dead India with us, I think. Right? I don't know. Is he? 
I think he's, I think he is. I think he was announced for Days Indie this year. Okay. Which is great because he was supposed to be at Days of the Dead Chicago and he canceled a day of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he was supposed to be at Texas Frightmare in Dallas and then that show got canceled, obviously. Mm-hmm. Damn Corona. I know it. Rona, damn it. Uh, Rona. <laughs> and so he is announced for Days Indie and damn it, it better happen. <laughs> it better. It better happen. I need this he's, to happen. He's great in person. Like he, I, I, I went I came to Knoxville uh, last year and went by myself to the convention, which I've never gone to a convention by myself. It was very weird, but I went just for him, and he was hilarious. Like he was cracking people up and and just having a good time, and he's very personal. And I mean, he, he it was because I was like, "Will you take a picture with my little ghost face?" And, and Matthew was all hanging, you know, holding up in the air. He actually hugs it, and was like, "I love this guy. Can I take him home?" I was like, "No, you can have him. He's my favorite." <laughs> but, uh, he, was, he was fucking awesome. So I can't. I hope you get to meet him. I loved your picture with little ghost face. Or you call him little buddy. Yeah, little buddy. Yeah, little buddy ghost face. Um, yeah, I liked the picture with little buddy ghost face and Nev. Oh, it's, that's one of my favorites. I mean, that's she shared it on her Instagram, which I was like, oh, my God. And then some yeah. jerks stole it. Yeah, I know. But, you know, I, and I should have gotten a picture with her. I just wasn't right. thinking. Like, I was just like, I just want to get her holding this, you know. So, so excited. But, yeah, it, it is what it is. But. <laughs> Um, what's your favorite Nev Campbell role? Is it Scream or is it something else? Oh, definitely, definitely Scream. I mean, of course, you know I have my ghost face uh, Sydney tattoo on my arm. Uh-huh. Um, that's she is the best final girl in my opinion. I mean, if I, I even said if you put all the final girls, take them all, put them in a big warehouse together, and you know, no weapons at all, just hand to hand combat. She would literally walk out of that place bloodied and bruised, but the victor over all the rest because she is the biggest badass of all time. Like, I love her so much. Uh, Nev plays her perfectly. Um, just Sydney Prescott, yeah, just about to you. So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I really, really, really loved her a few years later in The Company. It's a ballet movie, and she actually had to lace up the point shoes again and dance. Yeah, she's a dancer, you're right. And that was also a Chicago movie. It takes place at the Joffrey. Oh, cool. So you got some great Chicago scenes in it, but you get to see her do the ballet thing again. And I just loved it so much. And it's basically, the movie is basically, it's almost a reality show but without the reality show context. So if you took a video camera into a ballet company and just started filming, oh, that's wow. basically what the movie is. And it follows a several character storylines through the movie and what they go through to prepare for a show and stuff like that. Again, it's all scripted. It's not reality a reality show right. at all, but that's pretty accurate. Yeah, that's really so, cool. I'll check that out. So I love it just because of that and the accuracy of it <clears throat> and they go through everything they go through injuries they you know one ballerina is like it's done for the, the year because she ripped her achilles i mean that shit happens and yeah. you never ever think about it so yeah definitely check out even if you don't like dance even if yeah, you don't I like don't ballet like it's a, it's a really good film if you look at cool. it as a documentary it's a good film real quick what do you think about suspiria the old one yeah or both i guess 
I haven't seen the new one yet. But what do you about original? I adore the original because it was my very first horror movie ever in my life. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. Makes sense. It's my gateway horror movie. Perfect. After I saw it, I wanted to see all horror all the time. You need to see that remake. It's uh, I enjoyed it it's good. a lot. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. So, okay. And Sorry, I, 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 watched, <laughs> I watched original Suspiria now, and I'm like, mm, it's not great, but it's my special it's my special movie because that's the movie that made me love horror that's my horror journey is suspiria gotta have it gotta have it perfect Mm -hmm. what about you uh tori have you seen either suspiria no i haven't (gasps) i know definitely watch both of them definitely watch both of them (laughs) i'm definitely going to have to get the 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 new one yeah yeah, because Dakota Johnson plays her part is great in that movie. Mm-hmm. So, and I think the only cast member I left out on this was David Arquette. Yep, old David. And um, he's always great. And the, uh, Inven- the Invincible Man, he gets stabbed so many times in the damn franchise. I swear, uh-huh. <laughs> he's coming back for more. I swear, he's awesome. Oh my gosh. How do you all like our cinematography in this movie? It's brilliant. Yeah. I love it's it. Brilliant. I love it's it. It's perfect. I mean, steady cam, you know, just character shots, uh, the way that they show ghost face, mm-hmm. you know, lurking. It's just, mm-hmm. it's all just so well done. Mm-hmm. Can't, can't, I can't say anything else about it. Shots of shoes. Mm, uh-huh. Yes. Yes. The black and- boots. And several people have the same black boots, so you really don't know who's who. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Red right? herrings. Uh, uh, um, so. Red herrings galore. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wes, if you could own an official prop from this movie, which what would it be? Anything. Oh it's got to be the K&B Ghostface mask, the one that... The original. Yeah, well, well there, there's two, actually, there's two that are in this movie. Actually, I was talking to someone just yesterday about why there's two different masks in the first film. Uh, one was the KMB and one was the uh, the Fun World mask. And they were having issues with the rights for those masks. And they finally acquired, I think it was for the Fun World, I think, and we're able to use it later on. It's, it's the one everyone knows, you know, the regular Ghostface mask. But the other one, the, the mouth is much tighter and has like a little, little black ball in the end and then the eyes droop more and no longer um but to see, you see that you see that mask mainly in the scene with henry winkler being the, the principal he i guess takes it from the the, the the kid ways and he puts it on he goes and, yes i know and that but that mask, i want that mask so bad because it's so hard to find like i cannot find those masks to buy if you want to buy it it's like five, six hundred dollars, and I'm not paying that much money for a mask, obviously. But, but um, so many more items that I like to have, but that in particular would be so phenomenal to have. Yeah, you could put it in like a display case. Oh hell yeah! Oh my god! I would, mm-hmm. I would put angels singing around it and everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, perfect. Oh my gosh! What about you, Tori? Well, obviously, I like to think outside the box, and I know that so many people love, and that's what mm-hmm. their prop is, usually is. So I just decided to go with the voice changer. Mm. Yes, which we which we all thought. I mean, we have to admit, we all thought it was so cool at the time. 
Yeah. I mean, yes. nostalgia for home loan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right. <laughs> and you can't buy voice changers, but they don't, of course, they don't make you sound anywhere near that. But you can buy them. Mm-hmm. They look similar to that, but they're, they're kind of expensive too. Mm-hmm. I want the voice changer. This is totally off topic. I want voice changer in part three where they got all the different voices yeah maybe i just don't want one voice maybe i want the different voices maybe Maybe i want variety Uh maybe i want variety and my voice changing needs huh yeah well we talked about that in the episode i won't won't ruin it for you but yeah awesome (laughs) definitely interesting one so (laughs) i can't decide on a prop on this one i like so many things at first i wanted the 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 lime green pantsuit or power suit (laughs) but again if i had the official suit i am nowhere near close to her size so i couldn't wear it (laughs) but i think i'm going to pull a tori on this one in one of our episodes i think it was your next she chose the house damn it oh my gosh i I want sydney's house oh god Mm -hmm. that sounds amazing Mm -hmm. i was looking at that deck whenever she was on it on the phone with uh what's her face her friend yeah tatum And I was like, look at that deck. Look at that view. Oh, my God. But you keep telling me I can't choose houses. You keep telling me that. (laughs) I told you you couldn't choose that house because it was a landmark house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Wes, I choose houses. I really like to choose houses out of movies. I can't fault you for that at all. A lot of houses, a lot of films are amazing. So yeah, I'm with you on that. I've never picked a house, but damn it, I'm picking. I'm picking Sydney's house. That was a beautiful mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want Stu's house, but that's just me. So mm-hmm. that was also oh, yeah. a beautiful house, but I worry it's haunted. Yeah, yeah, uh, well, yeah, no, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and if Tori doesn't know the backstory of the house, I'm sure we'll get to that. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I don't know it. <clears throat> let's talk soundtrack this movie had some really great music in it mainstream music as well as a really good score mm-hmm. yes. the, this movie was scored by marco beltrami and this was his first movie score ever mm-hmm. so yeah, that was yeah so that's exciting for him mm-hmm. but we also had other amazing songs that everyone knows it like school south for summer by Alice Cooper, yes, right? Of course. Yes. Of course. Uh, the Youth of America by Amel. We've got Red Right Hand by Nick Cave. Mm-hmm. Oh, Whisper mm-hmm. by Catherine. We mm-hmm. have a cover of Don't Fear the Reaper mm-hmm. by oh, Gus God. Black. Now, it's a cover, but it's still the Perfect. song. That's pr- right. I love it. I love it. Anything else you guys want to add for music? Mm-hmm. I covered it. I thought it was cool. perfect. I'll say that. I just thought it was perfect choices. Yes. Exactly. Love this music. I actually owned this soundtrack back in the day on CD. I know I, (laughs) yes, I know I still have that CD somewhere. I'm not sure where it is. I know it's in just some random box because I would not have thrown it out. It'll jump in our closet sometime. I promise you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll find it and take a picture when I do find it. Like, it's here. (laughs) I think the pacing in this movie was pretty amazing. Yes, it was. Perfect. I mean, mm-hmm. when you're talking about Wes Craven, I mean, he he's the king of pacing. Honestly, there's not a movie that I've and watched suspense, but like, just so. enough suspense and yes. reveals mm-hmm. and when to reveal. He's just the best. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. just the best. Mm-hmm. And how well do you guys suppose this movie has actually aged? Oh, it holds up 
probably better than either film I've ever seen in my life. Honestly. It really does. This could have mm-hmm. been filmed yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, the only reason it would not hold up to me is because, like one of my epic lines, it's the millennium mm-hmm. motives are incidental. Well, yes, true, true. So that gives it away. But um, other than that, I, yeah, it, it holds up pretty well, I think. Well, of course, the technology in the film is also dated, but at the same right. point, it's, it still brings the internet, it still brings them cell phones. Oh my God, know. just just like that line, what were you doing with a cellular phone? Yeah. Yeah. All the kids have them. Yeah. It's nifty. Yeah. By the way, in 1996, <laughs> I did not have one. I don't know what was wrong with me. Yeah. Well, it, it was so funny because it's, it's, right. funny that right. you got, it's funny that you brought that up. Um, what are you doing with a cellular telephone? And he's like, Oh, all the kids have one. It totally reminded me of like a 1950s commercial. <laughs> like, oh, it's just nifty. All the kids have one. Like, it, it just, it really got me. It really got that to me. Great. I was like, oh my gosh. That was great. That was so great. But it's so cool too with, uh, you know, the scene where she in the room by Ghostface and she goes on the computer and is calling the, the police to the computer, which... The 911. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They cut it out, but for the address, when she puts in the address, it's 34 Elm Street, which I think is uh, awesome. But uh, that's mm-hmm. one of those cut scenes, which I wish they left in, but oh well. Yeah. Um, and I always like to mention that there is, um, you can accurately date a movie based on the type of telephone they're using. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I said that so many different times for so yeah. many different movies. It's yeah. whether it's a cell phone or a wall phone or what have you. Uh-huh. And again, this was the same kind of phone they were using in West Craven's New Nightmare, basically. Yes. <laughs> it's the same yeah. kind of cordless. So I was like, uh-huh. yeah, the phone strikes again. Uh-huh. <laughs> it does. You know what they could do with this movie? Is they could do like they did with a few Roger Corman movies, as Billy Worley had told me about, where they remake the movie one hundred percent, almost like ninety eight percent of how it originally was, because he was in the remake of Piranha, and it was basically the exact same script. Hmm. So they could remake this movie in another ten or twenty years when the younger generation don't know anything about it. True. Yeah. Like they Very did, true. kind of. To a lesser extent, with the psycho you guys were talking about. Yeah. You mentioned how that one was very, very close to the original. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Extremely. For, it's been a very, very long time since I've seen it. So I can't even speak on that because it's been basically since it came out, since I've yeah. seen that one. But when the younger people don't want to watch an older movie, remake it and don't even tell them. Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. Just don't even tell. Um, the story for me is great on this one. You guys, mm-hmm. of course, obviously agree. Obviously. Yes. And I love how they twisted and turned it into the trilogy story as yes. well. Yes. And uh, yeah, you know, I've never ever been afraid of these movies. So it wasn't scary yeah. to me at all. But I know a lot of people uh-huh. were frightened of it. So what about you guys? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, I mean, there, there were certain things like when I first saw that first scene where they were zooming in on Casey Becker hanging from the tree, that did give me the willies. Like I was like, oh my god, that's it's, it shows up down my spine. But yeah, I've never been scared of Ghostface or scared of the situation or whatever. I mean, it is freaky, of course. You know, if, if you put it in the right position, 
anything will scare you, you know, in the right situation. So, but overall, yeah, like I said, I don't, not much, nobody scares me anymore. I'm old and senile and, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, like I said, I'm so jaded now. I just kind of screwed up, but yeah, I wish, I wish <laughs> I could be scared by this film, honestly, but I know. Yeah. You know. And Tori, anything to add? Uh, no, I mean, the film itself is not scary. It didn't scare me. Um, there are certain aspects about it that could be scary if it happened in real life. You know, the scenarios were definitely real um, when Drew Barrymore answers the phone. And, I, you know, he's like, I want to know who I'm looking at. You know, oh, oh I want to know who I'm talking to. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there's certain things. I mean, if you look at it from a real perspective, if that happened, it would be scary. But as far as the movie itself being scary, I wasn't scared. I was never scared of this movie. Yeah. So, overall movie rating, Wes, on a scale of 1 to 10. I'm pretty sure I know, but give it to us. Okay, so... 10 being the best. I'm going to go decimal points here, because to (laughs) me, and I know people think I'm going to score this a 10, and I know it's, you know, I want to, but there are a few things that just don't line up sometimes, or there's Mm -hmm. little things that would say would change. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 9.5. Okay, 9.5. Very good. Yeah, let's say I have to be accurate. So, yeah. So, we we like to rate our things in dolls and body parts. So, maybe you would go nine and a torso? Perfect. You nailed it. (laughs) Exactly. What about you, Miss Tori? I'm going to say nine dolls. Nine? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a nine as well because I just, I love it so, so, so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> okay. Now that we're done talking about the, the movie's talking points, let's talk about some fun facts. Do you have Wait, any? Wait, I want to go facts? on my rants. I want to oh, go on my Oh, God. Rant. Yes. I forgot about your rant. <laughs> Please do go there's on your a rant. Couple, there's, a, there's a couple different things I wanted to talk about. Okay. So I don't know about you guys, but for me, Watching the movie the first time, obviously, you're just into it, okay? Now, after you've seen the movie the first time and you know who the killers are, which, by the way, we did not talk about the twist, Summer. Okay. (laughs) Because there is a twist where they try to frame the dad. Yeah. But then they, but then there's really two killers and not one. And Yes. uh, So, anyways, so, but I think it's great because the first time I watched this movie... I had no clue of who the killer was. After you watch the movie and you know who the killer is, I started picking up on little things. Like, mm-hmm. for me, the voice changer changes your voice. But at the same time, I could tell that was Skeet's voice on the voice changer, even though it was a voice change. And I could tell it was Sydney's. I mean, could you guys tell that even though they were using the voice changer, could you kind of tell it was Skeet's voice or Sydney's voice? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, Roger Jackson is yeah. phone, but yeah, but when, but when they actually pick up the voice changer, yeah, you can tell that it's actually them. Of course, you know, they're mm-hmm. trying to make sure you know what's right. going on. So, yeah, I hear you. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that. I think, and though, then, that's because you were technically in the same room as them. True. Right? So you would hear mm-hmm. their their residual voice through the speaker and then their actual voice because you're in the same room. If they were in a different room, it might maybe... Be more well, in I'm like, well, like, the speaker. Well, I'm talking about like whenever whenever Drew Barrymore gets the phone call. Uh-huh. After you watch the movie the first time, 
Drew Barrymore's talking on the phone, I could tell that was Skeet's voice. Oh, but it wasn't me. That wasn't Skeet's you don't, voice. Oh, was it? No. No. Roger Jackson is the oh, voice really? of Ghostface. Yeah. Yep. Except for well, see, when they had the voice changes. Yeah. Okay. To me, it sounded, I just thought it sounded like it. Um, well, I, I, see, I see what you mean, though. I understand what you yeah. mean, though, because watching it, you, you know, because like I said, you can also can kind of deduct who the, who the actual killer is talking on the phone with the person they're going to kill or with the person they're stalking. So yeah, that's that's why Roger Jackson's so brilliant is the fact that he's actually able to inflect the killer who's there personality into that that voice exactly so, exactly i was just saying they're just saying so yeah um another rant i was gonna go on is hmm. when sydney gets attacked the, mm. in, the the first time okay and she's in her house she's waiting on tatum the killer basically gets her to the ground and is about to stab her and she kicks him off right now at this point sydney is still a virgin that breaks the rules what if Sydney wouldn't have kicked him off and he would have stabbed her? He never would have stabbed her. And I'll okay, tell you why. I'm just saying. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Here's the reason why. I've thought about this a lot. Trust me. This this is one of those things I've thought about a whole lot. But think about think about the plan. That, you know, at the very end, they kind of divulge everything they, they mm-hmm. wanted to do. Mm-hmm. They wanted to kill her on the anniversary of her mom. Of her, of her mom's True. True. So in order, if they had killed her before, or a couple of days before, they actually killed her, so they would. I think they would have maimed her and like stabbed her, you know, okay. somewhere. We wouldn't have killed her, but no, they mm. wanted to make sure that they had all the because you know they had to make okay. sure everything lined up so they can cover their ass, you know. So, yeah. So, so you think so? You think that if Sydney wouldn't have kicked them off, they just would have stabbed her just to kind of injure her, but not actually yes. kill her. Exactly, okay. and that, and, it's, and, and that carries through every movie. If you watch every movie with that same mentality of there's an mm. end game and all this, you can mm-hmm. like, you know, when they when. Mm-hmm. Gail and in the fourth one, like why didn't you kill her? You know, I mean, it's just that's it, there's little things you have to. And it's funny because watching these films so many times, you kind of let things you know, like you see, you let things kind of go and let them kind of roll out and kind of you know explain themselves. And now I was like, wow, you know, they really wouldn't have killed her right there because I thought, what if they had killed her right there? Like you did. I thought the same thing. I thought, well, no, mm-hmm. because they wanted this this plan they had, you know, and as with all the stuff they had planted and everything beforehand. So, you know. So I didn't mean to ruin your rant there, but <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's fine. And then here's here's the other thing that I noticed after watching the movie, and you know who the killers are. I don't remember the whole conversation, but it's when they're sitting down at school. It's during the whole liver alone uh, scene whenever they're all sitting down, uh-huh. and I believe it's Matthew or or somebody between Matthew and Randy. Um, and they're going back and forth about who the killer is and how the killer is obviously a man and this and that and the other. And I think Matthew says something. I don't remember exactly what. And then Skeet says, well, nobody said you did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ooh, 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 ooh. You pick up on that. And you're like, because mm-hmm. Skeet was the one that did it. Exactly. Even I mean, though it's Matthew they told and Skeet. Yeah, they just he just said exactly what the killer was and no one caught it. So Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whenever he's like nobody well nobody said that you did. He was basically mm-hmm. saying, I but... did it, you didn't. <laughs> so it was like, yeah. Uh, brilliant. That it's gives so it brilliant. away. The writing I said the writing in this. Kevin is so brilliant in the writing of this film. It's mm-hmm. just because like I said, the first time I saw it, yeah, I had no clue. Like I had zero. Hands, yeah. So. But then after you yeah. see it and after you know who the killer is, you pick up on those little things. 
where it's like, okay, they're giving it away. And I totally see that being me in summer. Yeah. (laughs) I'd be like, well, summer, nobody said you did. Exactly. (laughs) I'd be giving her the eye. (laughs) Yeah. Why do you so strange? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) It's so true. Mm-hmm. Any if more I, rants? If you, if you guys ever go on the killing spree, please include me. I want to hit on that. <laughs> you want to hit on it? Hey, I, I already know, have a couple that. targets. Don't get me started. Perfect. Let's do it. Come well, on, I'm ready. Wes, you have a family. I wouldn't want to put you in that position. I mean, <laughs> don't listen to this. You know, if you're listening to me, kids, you know, turn it off. I got some stuff to say here. You know. Yeah, you got some it. stuff to do here. <laughs> yeah, I got some business to take care of. Daddy's fine. Don't worry about it. Daddy's fine. <laughs> well, Wes, I don't know. I don't know how avid of a listener you are, but yeah, I've, I've, I will kill some people. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I will kill some people. <laughs> oh, I've heard. Trust me, I've heard. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. If you ever do, I can do it. <laughs> Please don't forget about your old friend Wes. So, okay. Call me up. I got some costumes, so let's do it. <laughs> Wes is part of the team now. That's right. Awesome. He's an honorary doll too. He he's he's a jigsaw. He's Ooh, a jigsaw. Perfect. I'm I, I'm a with you're our, Billy. I'm, I'm you're Billy our Billy doll. Yep, I'm yeah. Billy. Christy can be our Annabelle. You'll be our Billy. Perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But no, I have no more. I have no more rants. But I just really liked that last one. It's oh, every time I watch the movie, it gets me at where I giggle inside every time when Billy says that. that. Well, nobody said you. You did. did. I love it. I love it. Yeah, like it's also the fact that if you, if you pay attention to the movie, you actually can tell who's the killer in what scene, which is great. So. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, oh, oh no, no. There was one more. There was one <gasps> more. The whole whenever you said the whole Tatum garage kill was your favorite. Oh yes. yeah, Matthew Matthew Lillard totally sets her up for that. Can yep. you go oh, get totally. us some more beer? Yep. He asked her specifically. Can you go mm-hmm. get us some more beer? And once yep. you've seen the movie, once you know who the killers are, you can see that he's totally setting her up for that to be yep. murdered. Wait, and then later on, he even says, "He goes, have you seen Tatum? No, she, you know, she, she probably went home early or whatever. You know, he like plays it off. Oh well, mm-hmm. she's somewhere else. You know, right. mm-hmm. 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 yep." But it, but it, it, it does, it does, it is weird the fact that if you pay attention to Stu, is not the one that kills her, it's Billy. Yeah, it because Stu's busy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you think that he would have been the one to kill her, but no, Billy, Billy does a lot of the killing in this movie, so. Mm-hmm. Stu so. was just the lackey. <laughs> he was, he, he, he was going to take the fall for, for Billy, I think, so yeah. Because mm-hmm. like I said, even later, later films, <laughs> well, yeah, well, Roman even says, you know, he says, you know, I found Billy, you know, and you know, I, I taught him all the best things, you know, he says, find someone to take the fall. You know, he found a dad, but he also was going to use Stu because he was going to stab the hell out of him and then just say, oh, he did it, you know, I killed mm-hmm. the killer. So, yeah, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Stu was Stu was the one that was being peer pressured by Billy. He was. That's what it was. I mean, Billy was like the Mr. Popular, so of course you want to go about mm-hmm. what he said, so. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I have just some random notes that I wrote down. Now, now, Wes, these notes, when I'm writing these notes down, they don't really mean anything at all. It's just they're more observations or maybe things I thought were funny or maybe things I just never noticed, like the chicken's line. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wrote W. Earl Brown playing with the Cheeto. Ha. <laughs> In the van. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the van, he's so bored. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And when Sydney got away and is hiding and is calling, right? When Billy starts cutting up the pillows, this is something that Sarah and I used to always say. We're like, why is Sid hiding in them? Yeah, that's right. So what's what's the stuff with you know him cutting the pillows up? Like they didn't do anything to him. Was he was he stabbing them? Is he looking for her inside of the pillows? Because <laughs> I don't think she's in there. He's just raging. I think he's just frustrated. I think he's just so raging. Yeah, he's just raging. He's just raging. You know, you know, and let's talk about the funny. other two major obvious Nightmare on Elm Street tributes. Mm, okay. okay. Tatum's ours? number ten jersey. Yes. Like that Johnny Depp wears. Yep. Okay. Uh-huh. Perfect. And of course, uh Stu's death. Yes. Knock knocking the TV over in your dreams. Yep. 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 Not only are they talking yeah, about was, dreams, but it's just like Jennifer in part three. That was that lib too. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. That lib. So, okay, Nev, got it. Good. Good job. <laughs> yep. She nailed it. She nailed yes. It. Wes, do you have any fun facts of your own that you wanted to share? Oh, I might have a few. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me look at my notes here and see if there's any that stand out to me that are just like, whoa. Okay, well, the one cool thing about this is I'm a, anyone knows me, I'm a huge Dunkin' Donuts fan. Huge. And Dunkin' Donuts actually shows up twice. It shows up one time in the first film and one time in the second film. It's the scene where um, Dewey's at the desk, his desk with uh, Nev, and there's a Dunkin' Donuts bag sitting on his desk. Mm-hmm. Just, just hanging out. I'm like, fucking awesome. And then also in the second one when uh, before Andy's death, uh, the cameraman box of donuts, which boxes donuts don't even exist anymore. You have to get them in bags. So the box was like, a, I was like, oh my god, that's so perfect, you know. Um, I don't know why that stuck out to me so much. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter why it did. Yeah, it really, yeah. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to think of. Uh, of course, we got to talk about scene 118. You guys know about scene 118? Yeah, that 20 what eight day shoot. Yes, it was twenty eight nights, rather. Yeah, yeah, the finale essentially. Yeah, and I, I, I even said two weeks. I don't know why I said two weeks in our episode, but it was, it was almost a month. You're right. Um, that scene, I mean, all those, the whole thing, just it's so epic. And they spent so many nights on that set, how many days working on that set. Uh, someone actually sent me an email or a text the other day and was talking about this and said, "Is it true that they um, they burned all the ghost face costumes after this movie was, was shot?" because they still exist out there there's people some people have them in their houses some people are selling them on ebay um but what did happen was that the, all the clothes that you know billy and Stu and sydney and tatum and all those people wore they all burned like out of being like burning costume burning after mm-hmm. the scene 118 was over and he also had t-shirts made up for the entire cast and crew um it was just, it was just an epic thing to come out of that film that just almost tied everyone together which i think was so fucking amazing like that's just yeah the t-shirts read i survived scene 118 right yep yeah but from my buddy adam uh, lawson uh scares and terror i think you guys know him too he actually has one uh, <sighs> he loves to wear yeah he got it off of a website somewhere which i've got to find one of those badly i gotta find um, one too if you find it you better let me know because i need i one. will send you the link i will send you the link i promise you yes um I'm trying to see if one oh, oh so they okay so the original you know, you know the original name of the movie was scary movie correct of course yes oh, okay. so that was changed halfway through the film and Stu's favorite you know famous line it's a scream baby mm-hmm. that was actually added after the name change and Wes do you know why the, what why they picked scream because I do they yeah, they said it I forgot though tell me because I forgot 
So they said, I watched three documentaries on this movie, guys, preparing for this. Like, they were hour and a half long documentaries. It was crazy. Um, Right? (laughs) It was great. Anyways, the title was changed from Scary Movie to Scream after Bob Weinstein heard the Michael Jackson song Scream. Really? Yes. I did, I did not know that. I heard it. I heard a different version. So yeah, that, that's, that's totally surprising to me. So, so that's straight yeah. from Bob Weinstein's mouth in the interview. That is very interesting, actually. <laughs> so, huh. Right? Well, there you go. Um, right? So that's one, his version. More... I don't know who has other versions. I've heard another version of that. I'm not sure. I'll have to look that up and find out because I had it written down somewhere and I can't find it at the moment, but I'll look it up. Or I think it was in the commentary, actually, that they, they talked about it. But when I find that out, I will definitely DM you and let you know when I find out. Um, I just want to throw one more fact out there and I'm done. Um, did you guys know that Skeet Edwards had uh, open heart surgery when he was 10 years old? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, oh, you did that. Well, good. So, well, so I'm yeah, I did my research. Family. <laughs> so, so the scene where Sydney pops out of the closet and stabs him with the, uh, the umbrella. Yes, you know about this fact. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you do. Um, <laughs> I'll tell everybody else. Um, yes, please do. So, so there's a there's a a stainless steel wire that runs down his runs through his heart, and when Sydney jumped out of the closet, she missed the pad that she was supposed to stab. Oh, and actually, no. hit that hit that wire. And you can see and, it. She, yeah. You can see the pad. It's it's lumpy, and yes. she hits mm-hmm. just above it. Yes, and miss and, and hit Stu or hit uh, Billy or Skeet right in that spot where that wire is. Pretty much paralyzed him for a, for a little bit because it hurt so bad. So, which and she does that. She did that again, similar in part three when she stabs Roman in the back from, from popping over the uh, the bar. Actually missed the pad too and stabs and actually stabs in the back. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I only did research so, on this one, so I didn't even know. Yeah, so about to say, so if I can see stab two people, <laughs> I didn't mean to. So <laughs> anyway, okay, I'm done. Okay, I have a lot of others that I will please uh, mention. I'm just going to rattle them, rattle them off, and if you have anything you want to elaborate on, just shout. Um, the opening scene was the first day of shooting, and I thought that was very interesting because most of the time these things are shot way out of order, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Kevin Williamson thought of that Friday the Thirteenth trick question when he was actually playing trivia at like a bar, mm-hmm. and if you could stump everyone, you got a free drink, and so that's how he got a free drink. Nope. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Uh, during the editing, Wes Craven realized that Nev has a habit of touching her hair. Mm-hmm. And her neck. Her, her neck hair and her, and her neck. Her neck. Her neck. And, and yeah. I'm thinking that could be a really good drinking game. <laughs> yes. You'd be really drunk. <laughs> yeah. Every time she grabs her <laughs> um, You guys know the story about the high school issues? Yes. Oh my God. Please, please tell, please tell everybody. Well, the high school scenes were supposed to be shot on location at a in a Santa Rosa high school, but the uh, school changed their minds after they read the script. And instead of the school scenes being shot there, they shot them at a community center that was for a former high school in Sonoma, California. And that's why in the credits, it says, there, there's also instead of special thanks, there is a no thanks whatsoever to. 
the Santa Rosa <laughs> School fantastic. District or whatnot. Well, here it is. Um, yeah, no thanks whatsoever to the Santa Rosa City School District Governing Board in great big bold yeah. letters. They totally screwed him over. Oh, yeah. man. Uh, Sydney's house, the one that I want so badly, is also located in Santa Rosa, California. And the street scenes, especially just the empty streets, were filmed in Hellsburg, California. And by the way, Hellsburg, California, they were very open to the production being there. So they found a home. Yes, they loved it. Yeah, they found a home. Yep. I'm sure it brought them a lot of money and they were happy for it. Now, what we were talking about earlier, Tori, about the party house, that's just what I like to call it. The It was shot on location uh-huh. at a house that had just been built by an older couple. And just as the house was being completed, oh, wow. they both died within a month of each other. Yes. And so oh, the house wow. had now been abandoned and it was owned by the children of the couple, but they, but they didn't know what to do with it. So the movie was very fortunate that it was available. Because it's a perfect setting. Yeah. Yeah. According to Wes Craven, uh, Joseph Whip, you know, we spoke of him earlier. His yep. backstory is um, he was so traumatized by the events of Springwood that he moved to a small town in California. <laughs> <laughs> no surprising. Uh, surprise. No, Sorry. It's not surprising that this movie originally got an NC-17 rating. And they had to shorten all the death scenes. Every one of them had to be shortened. And they got sent back and forth over nine times to the MPAA. Yes. In order to get an R rating. Now, nowadays, that seems insane. Because uh, look at what we're Mm -hmm. looking at now. But I guess not. Well, and we already talked about how right. long the actual scenes are. They were. Like, to think that they were right. even longer. Been okay, well, I would love to see those, honestly. It'd be so They're on fun. the special features on the DVD. Yeah. Side by side. Are they really? Side by side. So, basically, they show uh, Steve's death in the beginning. And mm-hmm. then both frames. Top frame is the theatrical cut, and bottom frame is what they wanted. And then they put an X at the top of the screen, and they just kept rolling the bottom. Interesting, because I'm, I'm always too busy watching the film and not watching the special features. Or maybe so. it might have been on the bonus that. disc. I got the three-disc box set, so maybe that was the bonus disc um, of features. Okay. But I did watch that, and so that's actually available to see in clips. Perfect. <clears throat> um, Perfect. What else do I got here? Wes Craven says The Scream is one of his favorite films he's ever made. And Tori and I actually did a movie a couple weeks ago titled The Hand, and that was directed by Mm -hmm. Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone was one considered to direct Scream as well. I could not see that at all, honestly. (laughs) I could not even see that whatsoever. And Wes Craven passed on Scream several times because he didn't want to do another horror movie. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. well, I'll, I'll, I'll have one more after, after you finish. Yeah. And um, basically, Drew Barrymore is what made him change his mind. I love right. Drew. <laughs> Thank, you, Thank Drew. you, Drew. We love you. We appreciate you <laughs> yeah. for this film. We love you. <laughs> uh, it no. was origin- originally going to be shot in Vancouver for money purposes, obviously. 
but West fought for the Northern California locations. Uh, w. Earl Brown uh, gained 20 pounds for this role. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, of all those fat jokes, you know, it's like you can't be thin and have fat jokes. We already talked about how this movie had 21 nights of shooting for the finale. It got a December 20th, 1996 release just in time for Christmas because what do us horror fans get to watch at Christmas time? Right? I mean, not very much. <laughs> no. I mean, this year we got that atrocious Black Christmas movie, but geez. Uh, no. Um, this movie also stayed in theaters for 31 weeks. I love it. 31 weeks, guys. That's awesome. Dang. That's awesome. Total hit. Yep. It used 50 gallons of fake blood. Oh, not enough. <laughs> <laughs> and it was inspired by a real-life series of student murders in Gainesville, Florida in 1990. Okay. I neglected to mention that at all in our episode. I'm so pissed off that I didn't. Oh, then I, that's all I got. So go on, Wes. Okay, I need. have one. Okay. Or two. One. Yeah. I have two. Go. Um. <laughs> So, speaking of the real-life murders that happened, you know I love true crime, forensic files, cold case. I watch all that stuff. Um, two students, I don't remember what state it was in, after seeing Scream, they became so obsessed with the film, they killed one of their classmates. Oh, my God. Um, I think I remember hearing that. Mm -hmm. they, something they, from they, part two. They... They camp. They they videotaped themselves talking about it and planning the whole thing. They videotaped their victim at school. Um, oh. They had a notebook. They, yeah, they video basically documented themselves planning the whole thing and then documented their victim. Um, her parents were out of town that weekend or something, and they knew she was going to be alone. Um, so yeah, and they were so obsessed with the movie that they wanted to do it. So two two kids, I think they were sixteen and fourteen, or I don't know. Oh my um, god! Yeah, they killed yeah. their fellow classmate, a female. Wow. That's so, so you guys, guys can look that up if you guys are interested. And they and obviously on... got caught. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And so, do you happen to know how they got caught? Why they got caught? I don't exactly. All that documentation they have. Probably maybe. talking too much, probably. <laughs> yeah, right, if you're documenting everything, then yeah. you don't want to get caught. Talking too much. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, I'm sure they told everybody at school about it, and, you know, or I told, like, I'm told one person, and that person told everyone else. So. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, my God. So, yeah, Someone tells look me that, that I'm going straight to the authorities. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. So you guys can look that up because I don't remember which exactly, which is which show it was on. Um, It was a show that was all about people doing stuff based off of movies. I don't remember oh. what the show was called, but it had like so many different things where these people had seen a movie and wanted to imitate it. And that's what the whole show was about. Wow. Very interesting that stuff. Interesting. Yeah. yeah very I'll have to try to find that for you guys. Cool. Um. Another fun fact is that David Arquette and Courtney Cox met on this movie, and that's when they started liking each other, and then everybody knows they got married, had a baby. Um, yeah. But this is where they met, was on Scream. Yeah. Yeah, Scream is where they met. And yeah. they, they, actually, they actually they started filming part two. They were actually on the set of part two three days after they got back from the honeymoon. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Because they, they, you see like tan, they have tans in, the, in part two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tans and streaks. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> to bring a, a Randy line out. <laughs> yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, all right, you guys all finished up, or I have one yeah. more. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. Um, it's it's kind of comes out of part two, but um, it still stands true to the original film. The the screener that Wes Craven used to kind of pitch that he wanted to direct this film, um, Selma Blair, as Sidney Prescott, and it the mask used in the in this little faux film that he filmed was the Michael Myers mask from Halloween. Which wow. is very interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. And Selma Blair is also the person that uh, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar is talking to on the phone in part two. So I know that's not in this movie, but I thought that was interesting too. So I didn't know that. That's yeah. Yeah. Selma Blair. I'm so sad about. I know about her. I know. Well, she's she's kicking ass though, so she's uh, oh, she's yeah. turning something positive. So. Oh yeah. What was it? MS, right? Or yeah, yeah MS. Yeah. Yeah, so she's really just debilitated now. She can barely even walk, and it's just heartbreaking. It is. It's a horrible, horrible disease. So, yeah. yeah. Anything else? Okay. Well, I got nothing for once. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's do some shout outs. Oh, Wes, you can go first because you're our guest of honor. What or who would you like to plug? Wow. Okay. Um, I guess I'll plug who we usually plug on our show. Uh, Definitely. Alone, of course. And of course, uh, the, talk about well, your show. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess we'll plug ourselves first. Uh, I, I am, plug yourself course, up. Well, yeah. I'll plug myself up. There you go. Um, I am part of a half of uh, It's a Horror Podcast. My, my co-host, uh, Kevin, and I have been doing this for a little over a year. And um, still going strong. We just finished up our second season uh, with Scream, of course, is our final episode. Um, we're going to start doing uh, our top five from our favorite horror directors coming up in our next season. So, oh, that's uh, exciting! Yes, I'm excited about that. We're starting off with uh, oh, you know what? I won't tell you who we're starting off with. We'd be a surprise. Yeah, um, but tell people what because you guys have a very specific formula to your show, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> so well, tell it, them it, about your show. Okay, so starting the show off, we wanted to be a little different than most of the shows around because most most shows just will re- review a movie just straight up. Just here's we'll talk here's the the plot. We'll talk about the plot. We'll talk about the actors, and then we're all done. And uh, during that time, the Eli Roth show, History of it was History of Horror, I think, was coming on AMC. They were kind of talking about each genre of film and kind of talking, you know, how it, you know, different films and how it got started and everything. And, and Kevin and I were talking. And I said, yeah, I kind of want to do a show like that. He's like, that's perfect. That's what I want to do, too. So we kind of got on board with that. And then actually we got the the top five thing from uh, Alone in the Dark podcast, which is the show that started me wanting to do a podcast. They do like a countdown. So we kind of took those two ideas, put them together. And there was this horror podcast. Uh, uh did the entire show we actually did their very first show of the second season was uh child's play we actually have a show that we recorded that took that formula and turned it on its head and we didn't do the countdown thing at all we just talked about every movie and we we're just kind of going through we finished the episode and kevin said i don't like it i said neither do i <laughs> so uh-huh. so we did the same formula and it worked out perfectly so uh we we decided to stick with that formula uh until we get you know, word otherwise that no one wants to hear about that anymore. So, oh, it's a great formula because nobody else is doing it. Yeah, I'm about to say it is very unique. So, yeah, we thought. I wish know, I thought of it. it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I do. it's genius. I mean, it's I. It's it just it's one of those things where it just kind of fell into place, and we're so lucky to have that. I love yours though. I love the way you 
kind of go through each you know, like it's not just talking about the plot and just the movie and then ending it you talk about you know different lives different kills i love all that so it's it's perfect so yeah, yeah. that's what we wanted we didn't want to be like every other stupid mm-hmm. show talking about the same movie exactly and, that, and then there's so many out there you know there's so many horror podcasts out there that do the same thing and i thought right we got to switch it up. We got to we got to figure something out because this right. has got to be. And of course, when we when we change the incarnate, it changes something else. We got to think of something totally new because I'm not going just to straight you know review. Don't want to do that. So, um, be hopefully this will hold out for a while, and and hope you guys can keep your formula going for a long time as well because I love it. So, well, we've got Thank countless you. movies to choose from. So, Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. as long as we enjoy doing it, we'll keep doing it. Yeah, exactly. There you go. And there's so many to talk about. Oh my God, this horror is so much you can you can dive into. So it really, really, really does. And yeah. So, um, but yeah. So you can find us on uh, Instagram and Facebook, and it's a horror podcast. Uh, we don't use Twitter. As if you're listening to our podcast, we say fuck, fuck Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that, that's and yeah. If you listen to earlier episodes, you'll find out why we say that. But I won't give that away unless you want to. Go By the way, Facebook. I follow you on Twitter. Just so you know, <laughs> I do. do. Yeah, I but, still uh, do. We don't. We don't do anything there at all. Just <laughs> I know, but, but uh, I do just based on principle. Well, I appreciate that big time. <laughs> I really do. Um, but yeah, shout outs. Like I said, a little bit of our podcast. They are my inspiration. Those guys, Mike and Maddie, they're just awesome, awesome guys. They always have always supported me. Even not knowing who I was, they just still supported me. And even now, like uh, we're actually going to do a podcast together. So I'm really excited about doing that. Um, and uh, a podcast on Elm Street, another spinoff uh, inspiration. We've inspired those guys to do a podcast and they're kicking ass and, and doing great. just like you guys are. And um, I just, I can't, I can't think, I can't thank you guys enough for just having, you know, the faith in us to just step out and do your own podcast and you guys have nailed it to the fucking wall and i'm so proud of you guys Yay! (laughs) that means a lot coming from you it really really does you also always like to shout out uh, what is it the tennessee oh tennessee horror news yeah our 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 podcast network yeah thank you i'm old i have alzheimer's i can't think of this no we don't want to leave them out because it seems like they help you guys out a lot so i want to make sure you get them all in yes they they share our podcast these guys uh, are just amazing um have always been supporters of our podcast uh jim jam is actually a patron so um yeah so we just really appreciate and of course our patrons you guys are amazing in summer we appreciate the hell out of you so um We just really love you guys, and we—I swear—we're going to do some more stuff, some more podcasts, and other things. We've just been so busy lately; it's just ridiculous how much stuff I've going on. And uh, no, I we get are it. going to—we uh, are going to take time to do it. I swear, and it's going to be great. So, oh, I get it. I'm just happy to be able to support a project that I believe in. Well, thank you again so so much. So, all right, I'm yeah. done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. I'll go next. Uh, we have an iTunes review that I wanted to read for you all. I know, right? I love reading the reviews because if these people are still listening by now, I want them to know that we saw it and that we appreciate it and we love them for it. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So this one is titled Great Horror Podcast and the screen name is Fan Champion. And Fan Champion writes... Just wanted to say I love and enjoy the podcast. Awesome to hear the throwback of horror movies. You are both awesome and funny. I myself, an 80s horror fan, much support from a fellow podcaster. 
fan champion of Champs World podcast. Keep up the great work. So go check out Champs Word, not World. I'm sorry. Sorry, guy. I messed that up. It's Champs Word podcast. Okay. So go check out that because, I mean, they support us. So we awesome. really support people who support us, right? Mm-hmm, definitely. Of course, our um, Patreon subscriber, um, John Morgan, our number one fan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We love him very much, and yes. he's always interacting with us about episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, really want to give a great big shout out and thank you to previous guest Billy Worley, who has been messaging me about our episodes and telling me what he thinks is funny. He just listened to our April Fool's Day episode today, and he just said to me, "Banana clip." <laughs> and if you don't know what that means, go check out April Fool's Day. <laughs> yes and last but not least the amazing wonderful talented taylor ball in dallas he is a drum teacher and musician and his band tragic forms is pretty awesome so go check him out what about you miss tori um i don't think i'm gonna have any shout outs today Okay. All I will say is, you know what? I want to give a shout out to my friends, to my really true, true, true friends. Aww. We love you. I love you. And I have some really great people um, in my life right now. And I just want to say I love you guys. Aww. Aww. Yeah. Sweet. No. The love is real. Like, I mm-hmm. talk to this girl day in and day out. So mm-hmm. she's probably sick of me by now, but I don't no, know. I'm not. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> nah. Tori is my number one supporter in life as well as in horror. So, yeah. Mm. I feel like you're my number one supporter too. I better be. I'll, I'll kill a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you're my How dare they? <laughs> I will fight for the number one supporter spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, do we have anything else to add? Because I know this is a long episode, but we felt this movie deserved a lot of talking. And so if you're mm-hmm. still with us, mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah. Well, well, and plus, like, whenever we have hour. three people, whenever yeah, we yeah. have a guest on, they're automatically longer. Yeah, yes. Whenever that's we have three yes. people, they're longer. But it's funner. It's so much fun. It's mm-hmm. so much fun. And mm-hmm. we've had, who have we had on so far? We have, of course, Wes, as of today. We had mm-hmm. Christy from Nightmare mm-hmm. Toys. Oh, my God. We got to talk about Nightmare Toys. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go awesome. check out Christy Adams and Nightmare Toys because mm-hmm. best horror merch you're ever going to find. Mm-hmm. And she was right? on our April Fool's episode. Yes. That one just came out today at the time of recording. Yes. They're yes. amazing. And we had Billy Worley on and John Morgan. Jared. And Jared. Mm-hmm. And I think, is that it? I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. So we're getting, we're just new with the guests, but we love to have more guests on. It's, it's a lot of fun with three people. So if you're interested in possibly becoming a guest, email us and let us know why you should be a guest. And what your favorite horror movie is and what you'd like and, us to do. And why. What's your favorite horror movie and why? Yeah. Because, like, I, yeah, you can tell me your favorite horror movie is... Candyman, but I want to know why. Yeah, mm-hmm. and maybe throw because so, everybody has a different reason. Maybe maybe throw in a joke or two and let us know you're funny. Yes, 
You have to be funny. <laughs> but I'm not very funny, damn it. No, you're funny. <laughs> you're very funny. <laughs> you have to be funny, and you have to have a good sense of humor, and it helps mm-hmm. if you have dad jokes. Wes. Mm-hmm. Thank God, dad jokes. <laughs> So many dad jokes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. So, with that said, I think we're done. Are we done? Yeah. I think. Are we good? <laughs> well, are we good? I'm good. I'm good. I got one okay. more. Okay. Extra, double, triple, quadruple, special shout out to our producer, Jesse, who has sat with us for two hours <laughs> talking about this movie. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you, Jesse. Hey, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Extra special shout out to Mr. Jesse Randall. Yep. Not only does he uh-huh. make us sound as good as we possibly can, because uh-huh. we are currently recording from four different locations. Uh-huh. So sometimes reception issues happen and he does very best uh-huh. to fix it. Uh-huh. Um, he makes great intros, great outros. We couldn't do it without him. Uh-huh. So, Jesse, thank you so much for putting up with us for two hours on screen. Well, you know, it's not that oh. I'm putting up with it. It's just that, like, <laughs> I haven't said anything. So I mean, it's just like, I, I, have, I have comments, and I'm like, I don't want to keep jumping in. So, but it's, no, it's fine. It's fine. Do you have anything you wanted to add real quick? Um, I mean, just off the top of my head, um, I was just, yeah. um, uh, two, two just, like, silly anecdotes. One's very short. Um. My dad, when he was um, probably younger than I am now, uh, in his like twenties or whatever, looked almost identical to Henry Winkler from uh, Happy Days, like no. like quite literally. That's awesome. Um, and so he he like totally did it up too. So it's like once he realized that he you know like he got the leather jacket and stuff, and like that was his whole like thing. So, um, and then the other one is uh, my my favorite um, like. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, brushed with uh, greatness story. Um, I used to work for a private airline like 20 years ago, and um, I was I was working, and uh, it was it was a private airline, so a lot of celebrities and stuff would come in, but like we would almost never see them. Like it was always like it was just a side terminal at one of the sub uh, the uh, midway, which is a sub airport of uh, Chicago, and. This one time, we had a private jet come in that we were loading, so it was very close to the terminal, and it was for Drew Barrymore, and oh, wow. and at the time, I had a huge Hollywood crush on her. I was like, oh my god, I never thought in a million years I would meet her, and I, we even had a chance to meet her, so we took all of her luggage. She's like shorter than I am, and I am not a tall man, <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> but um, she's still taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So we so we load up her uh, um, her uh, vehicle to um, you know get ready to go here, and like the plane is like on, like the engines rolling, and everything, and so it's kind of loud. And there's like five of us uh, tech people out on the tarmac, and um, she goes by one by one, asks their name, and then shakes her hand and says, "Very nice to meet you." It was very very sweet, and it got to me. I was at the Aww. very end. <laughs> And with the plane running and everything, she's like, hey, what's your name? I'm like, and I'm like, I'm so starstruck. And I'm just like, uh, Jesse. And like, but the noise is too loud. So she's like, hi, Justin. Nice to meet you. And I'm like, that's fine. I will be, I will be Justin t- just for you. I will change my name just for you. So. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was all. I love that. But yeah, it was great. So. 
So now I'm just going to start calling you Justin. You you can call me whatever you want. I mean, we have Tori known as Team Money now just because of a off comment. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Team Money. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So, this is really it, guys. I promise we're done now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> So, with all that being said, I'm Summer. And I'm Tori. And? And I'm I'm Wes. You're Wes, not Craven. The other one. Yeah, yeah, the other (laughs) one. And you have been listening to the Dolls of Horror. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you later. This has been a presentation of the Dolls of Horror. New episodes are uploaded every week. If you'd like to reach out and say hello to the Dolls, send them an email at thedollsofhorror at yahoo.com. You can also follow them on Facebook and Instagram, both at The Dolls of Horror or on Twitter at Dolls of Horror for bonus content. And if you really like the podcast and want to support them financially so that they can keep making episodes, consider sending them a donation. Follow the link in the description or go to patreon.com slash The Dolls of Horror for more information. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Don't you know the rules? What rules? You don't... Jesus Christ, you don't know the rules? Have an aneurysm, why don't you? There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. For instance, number one, you can never have sex. Big no no! Big no! Sex equals death, okay? Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. No, the sin factor. It's a sin, it's an extension of number one. And number three, never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. I'm getting another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back! You see, you push the laws and you end up dead. Okay, I'll see you in the kitchen with a knife. Is that Sydney Prescott they took away? I'm not talking to you. What happened to her? None of your damn business. I heard something about a costume, is that true? Can you tell me anything? Yeah, you're a real pain in the ass. Leave me alone. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh my god, Randy, I thought you were dead. I probably should be. I never thought I'd be so happy to be a virgin. Why would they ask you if you like to hurt? Because their bodies were gutted. Thank you, Randy. They didn't ask me if I liked that. It's because there's no way a girl could have killed them. That is so sexist. The killer could easily be female. Basic instinct. That was an ice pick. Not exactly the same thing. Yeah, Casey and Steve were completely hollowed out. And the fact is, it takes a man to do something like that. Or a man's mentality. Uh, take him out the back way, avoid that circus. <laughs> Come on. Touch me. He's my superior. Janitor's your superior. Don't you blame the movies! Movies don't create psychos! Movies make psychos for creation! Stop it, Billy, would you, all right? Take any more. I'm feeling a woozy air. Let me ask you this. What are you doing with a cellular telephone, son? Did you really call the police? You make your sorry ass, I did. My mom and dad are
Hey buddy, I'm warning you 
God, he's a man, he's a guru. Your one microscopic cog in his catastrophic plan, designed and directed by his red. 